Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are so glad you're here. We are here on episode 201. That is right. We crossed the double, what is that, double century mark? So if you haven't already, make sure you go back and listen to episode 200 from uh, last week, where we uh, we talked with over 20 different top speakers in the industry just to hear what are their best tips tricks, strategies for uh, building and growing their speaking business. So make sure you go check that out again. That's episode 200, but do that later because right now we are in episode 201 talking to hands down my favorite guest we have ever had or will ever had in have into the future. So today we are talking with my lovely wife, Miss Sheila Baldwin, and uh, so excited to have her on. We had her on back in episode 60 of the podcast and bringing her back for part two. We took uh, several questions that you guys had submitted and uh, talked with her on some of these things, and also a couple questions for us. So we're, today we're going to talk about how we navigated marriage and parenting while building a business. We talked about what her role has been in my business. We also talk about how we have always stayed connected while I'm traveling. We talk about how we divide up household chores, which is one thing you guys want to know, as well as what it is that we like to do for fun. So a lot of good stuff here. I think you're really going to enjoy this uh, conversation. Again, my favorite guest we've ever had or will ever have into the future. Please enjoy this conversation with my lovely wife, Miss Sheila Baldwin. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Today is a very special day. Now, I say that a lot whenever it comes to this podcast, but today is definitely by far, without question, my favorite guest. You cannot top this guest. This guest is the greatest of all time. Today, we have back for a second time, by popular demand, we have my lovely wife, Sheila. Hello. <laughs> when I go speak, I'm used to, I've done a lot of speaking. You don't seem to enjoy the idea of speaking. I don't speak. So this is a bit of a stretch for you. This is a stretch. You but we've done so this far? before. We have. So back on episode 60, we came on, We uh, people wanted to hear just kind of our story, our journey. We talked a lot about that. We've had a bunch of questions that have come in since then, and people want to hear more about you and about us for whatever reason. Whatever I don't know. Reason. We're pretty normal, pretty boring. <laughs> people can definitely go back to episode 60 and hear more of that. But to recap and just give a quick refresh, let's start with this. When did you first know that you loved me and that <laughs> you just thought I was so cute and adorable? Well, we met in high school. We did. And so there was, there was the high school love. There was high school love. Yeah. Definitely. When we started dating, how old were you and how old was I? I might have been 17. You, know, you, you, <laughs> you didn't might have You might have been 15. That's right. So you would technically be a cougar in I, our relationship. Yep. I am a cougar. So I was a 15-year-old freshman. You were a 17-year-old junior. What's interesting, we actually just learned this recently. So we, we were going through the attic and we came across some archives of just memories and we found this wedding planner 
that <laughs> Sheila had made while in high school for some high school project. And yet she had to plan a wedding. Is that right? Basically yeah, plan like a wedding? Yeah, like a home ec class or something. I had to create a wedding planner. Okay. So she has to create this wedding planner. So we start thumbing through it and there's a picture of us in there. I was like, whoa, that's crazy because this is a high school project. So then I'm looking at the timeline of it of like, when was this project due? We started dating in February and this was a project due in May, correct? I think so. So like three or four <laughs> months later, after I was 15 and you were planning our wedding, not just like privately in your bedroom, but like you're planning our lives together in a public high school class. I that was the project, and I couldn't put another guy in there. Yeah, we I would have been, been a yeah. little pissed. If, so if, it had to be you. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so we got married, and then so we dated for about five years. Five years to the day we got married. We've been married for. I'm still thinking about that. Like, what if you found that now and it was somebody else? I would have been not happy. <laughs> I would have been annoyed. You're. We were together, and you were planning your wedding with someone else. That's great. So we dated for five years. We got married. Uh, been married for 16 years. Been together 21 years. Is that right? Yes. Is my math correct? Math is hard. Okay. Math is hard. But <laughs> So we've been together for 21 years. And in that, we've seen obviously a lot of life that has happened. So the, I guess the nutshell would be, I went to Bible college to be a youth pastor. We got married while I was in college. Maybe a, I was maybe a sophomore, something like yeah. that. So I went to Bible college and then worked with a guy briefly who was in the speaking industry, worked for him. Learned a little bit about the speaking industry, knew I was decent at speaking, knew I liked speaking, wanted to do more of it. And then we worked at a local church as youth pastors for a little while. Parts of it I liked, parts of it we didn't like. You were pregnant with our first daughter yep. at the time. Very pregnant. Uh, who is now 12. That's uh, crazy. Totally crazy. And so, yeah. And so in that time, we ended up making the decision to leave that job while you were pregnant to pursue this speaking thing. So when we talked about that when we were first like having those conversations of like okay i don't know what we want to do with life we're young and in love and all of a sudden we have a kid on the way but we felt confident like the current role that we were in wasn't necessarily what we wanted to do like what was going through your head as we made that transition especially in the thick of you being pregnant it's not like we had any like financial savings we were living on love very literally <laughs> so what was your thought going like looking back on that now I mean, I think it was stressful financially, like thinking of how are we going to pay for a baby and and make that work. But also, I could see you were stressed doing what you were doing. So it was important to get you out of that. And we were already living on love, so it couldn't have, couldn't have gotten much worse. We're like from a financial standpoint, and I guess like not just financially, but like there's obviously a lot of factors in play of financially, like or how are we going to afford, you know, healthcare, paying for a baby, like just the expenses of that. I like, we didn't really have any savings. So when I quit the job at the church, like we didn't have, I didn't have another job lined up. We didn't have necessarily like, were you worried financially? Like we were making a huge mistake or like that things were not going to work out or what were you thinking at the time? I, everybody else was worried. I know that <laughs> Very worried. <laughs> our moms thought we were crazy, but I don't remember means I think I just always just really trusted you and you seemed confident, even if you were questioning yourself, but I don't remember being super nervous. If I was, I do remember when we left the church, I did get a job, just part-time job when I was pregnant just for a couple of weeks, but I was too sick to keep working. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I was nervous enough to go 
go looking for a job. <laughs> so then for the next several years, like I obviously did a lot of speaking and we'll, we can touch on that a little bit. But even then as later making that transition where what the business is today, where I was cutting back on the volume of speaking that I was doing and the volume of travel that I was doing and to start a new type of business of what is today the Speaker Lab, that transition of hey, the speaking thing's going well. And now all of a sudden he's backing out of that. Is like, did that make you nervous? Or is that as we were like changing directions there? Or did you feel that? I think it's just our life. Like we've done that so much that, yeah, no, I don't think I, this one didn't make me as nervous. Do you think that that's because like, we just have like, we've been together a long time. We know each other well. We have a lot of built-in love, connection, trust, all of the above. Or like, how would someone who's like, I'm trying to convince my spouse to make this leap with me or I'm thinking about making this transition like what would you say to that person and I don't know I think it is because we've gone through it so many times I'm sure it was hard the first I mean I'm trying to think it was a long time ago it was a very long time ago a lot of kids ago (laughs) a lot of sleepless nights yeah I don't I mean I just think you have to decide if it's important you just go for it and if it's if you really want it you make it work I think that's what we did we just knew that the initial the church wasn't where we were supposed to be and what was fulfilling you and so we just made it work by you working lots of jobs at one point um yeah especially early on like i was trying to get the speaking thing going i worked at a couple different restaurants i worked for a security company doing some sales work i so i think worked for a seminar company for a minute worked for a school assembly organization So like for a, a lot, like for a while, like I was, especially while I was building up the speaking thing, we'd left the church thing, was building up the speaking thing. And I was just working a lot. And while trying to build a business, was that stressful at all? Like that season of just like, I'm working a lot. And when I'm home, I'm also trying to build something different and something new that has led to the life we have today, which is great. But in the thick of it, when we have a newborn and I'm working constantly, like what's going through your head? I don't remember it being super stressful, but I think it's because we had a newborn. Like I had so much on my plate that life was just crazy all around. So it didn't like it might have been the best time to be going through it because it was just like everything's new. Right. So we didn't it wasn't like we had we were really comfortable and set like everything was changing. So it just kind of was was part of it, I think. Do you feel like there would have been like a better time or more opportune time? Because Like, I think sometimes people think like, I'm just going to wait till the stars align and then I'm going to start that speaking business or then I'm going to quit my job or then I'm going to make that transition. Or do you think like the timing would have been either better or worse at any other point in our lives? I don't think so. I think that it's the only thing I'm thankful for is that we went through the really busy, hard time when the girls were young. Right. And they, they don't really remember that. Like they don't remember standing at the window crying when daddy, you know, left on a plane I do because I took pictures and it was so sweet and sad, but they don't have to remember that. And now, you know, they get to experience a little bit more stable, calm until you get your next idea. And then we'll. Wow. That hurts. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about a couple of things as it relates to the the speaking side of it. So when I was speaking a lot, when I was traveling a lot, what did we do to just keep in touch while, while I was on the road? A lot of FaceTime. We. I think it was Skype back then. The very beginning was Skype, but it yeah. <clears throat> it transitioned to FaceTime pretty quick. Yeah, we were just really good, or you were really good about checking in a lot. I knew when you 
landed when you walked off the plane when you got to your rental car when you were driving to the hotel you were just really good about keeping us in the loop and facetiming at bedtime as long as you weren't on a stage and yeah just a lot of calls with daddy a lot of texting (laughs) a lot of calls um do you feel like that and again the girls were younger like when i was traveling a whole lot and at that time we were doing you know 60 70 events a year and that was translating to you know 70 80 90 nights on the road and do you feel like there's anything that we could have or should have done differently for the girls or for us to make that like to stay more connected while i was gone i don't think so i think we were really intentional about not booking things overlapping like you usually it wasn't more than two or three nights even if you were just home a night and then back out we were good about pacing your schedule and yeah making sure you had your your home time even if it was 24 hours which happened i mean i know there were times where i would fly home just like sleep in my own bed and see you guys and give everybody a hug and then fly out the next morning Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing that helped was like it was it was somewhat seasonal and that there would be mm-hmm. like stretches that would be crazy and then I might be home for a month and to the point where you're going, when's your next gig? Where do you have to go? Do you have somewhere you can go? Can you book something? And just trying to get rid of me. So it was that was just a routine. We got used that to was, it. That was good for my self-esteem. <laughs> is there any advice that you would give to other people like in terms of like when like if a spouse is traveling and another spouse is home? Because I know another thing like that we would run into is that you know, we would talk from time to time when I was on the road where like a kid was sick or a kid had a bad day at school or something happened in life. And I'm like, I'm halfway across the country. Like I, I am admittedly not the most sympathetic person. Super sympathetic. I, I, (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to improve on that. I've gotten a little better maybe, uh, with some empathy, but I just, it's a very helpless feeling when I'm in a, a hotel room, you know, across the country and you're home. And sometimes like, I think you just wanted to like, tell me so you didn't feel alone or isolated on that so Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would say like that to someone that may be traveling a lot right now just to better help stay connected to the the spouse that's home dealing with life i think that's what just it like i knew you couldn't do anything when i made those calls like obviously you can't clean up the puke that's you know on the couch but at least you could know that i was cleaning up the puke that was on the couch and be like I'm sorry, which sometimes you did. And sometimes you're like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I don't think I ever said that. Yes, you did. You know, you did. Um, <laughs> I must have been totally stressed. Though. <laughs> but yeah, I think I just had to put myself in like, that was my job when you were gone. My part of your business was taking care of the business at home. And if it was puke or carpooling or whatever it was, that just became my, my job. Yeah. What about when I was traveling a lot and then I would be home, part of the challenge of being home is like thinking about the next event or I'm thinking about the business or it's especially when you own your own thing, like it's difficult to turn it off. So what is there anything that we did or didn't do or should have done to make sure to continue to be like fully present with like the family for me personally, but then also for, you know, us and our own marriage just to make sure that we stay connected when I'm home. You mean as far as like shutting off the business side to be... Just being fully present. I think you were really good at it. I think actually when you were traveling more, it was easier because when you were home, you knew you had that time and that was your time. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) It's like we've had two different sides of the, the business. So what about, okay, so if we fast forward and look at like what the business is like today where I'm home a lot more, I'm not speaking nearly as much as I was, I'm not traveling nearly as much, I work from the house. 
but the nature of, of, you know, having your own thing is it means that you can, you know, you can be thinking on it constantly and working mm-hmm. on it a lot. But is I there, think someone who has a corporate job could have the same issue, like yeah. constantly be wrapped up at work. I think one thing that helps now is you're, you've grown a team. And so you have those people to talk to. Right. So I used to be your like, Sounds we like would Gordon. ping pong it back and forth, your ideas and whatnot. But now you have other people. So, but as far as you shutting it off, I mean, that's on you. I can't make you shut it off. So do you think I do okay at that? I, do. I mean, you have seasons. Everything's a season. Like, and I don't know if it's like that in the corporate because we've never been in that world. But like in, in your type of business, like every season's changing constantly. And so I think there's seasons where you're like completely completely consumed by it and then seasons where you're it's kind of on autopilot and you're letting it play out and so on the seasons where i'm like totally consumed by it is there anything that you do or say or helpfully suggest to me to like hey take it down a notch or uh, or do you just assume like it's just going to be like this for another couple weeks or months and then it'll smooth back out i think because we've been in it so long that's how i view it like and it's the same with things that girls go through like it's stages and seasons and they just are always changing. So I don't get too, too worked up about it. Yeah. And not to shift gears completely, but we have three daughters. We haven't, we didn't really talk about that at the beginning. We talked about in the previous episode. Can you quickly give us a little, uh, insight into our three offspring? Our three offspring. Sydney's 12. She is our creative, artistic, messy. God love her. <laughs> She child. Is. You are extremely um, clean and tidy. Yeah. So she so I don't get her. We've had to learn to learn to live together <laughs> as she's gotten older. Emily is the middle. She's 10. She's our sweet, sensitive, adorable. Highly sensitive. Yeah, highly sensitive. And then Miley is the youngest, and she is 100 percent the youngest. <laughs> she's she a seven and all energy has enough energy and personality for the entire family. She does. She's a pill. She's an interesting pill. But she was God's like, this is it. This is, I'm going to stop you here. <laughs> I don't, I still am baffled by three kids, same parents, same house, same life, totally different personalities, totally different characters. And yep. they're all amazing in their own way. I know we love and adore them both, but just totally different personalities. And we have, no, it's, in the interesting world, like as the business has grown and evolved and shifted, like what do you feel like has been your role in the business? That's a question I get a lot is, you know, I may be the, you know, the face of this and I may be the one that's going out speaking or I may be the one that's, you know, doing a podcast or a webinar or putting together a course or training or selling or whatever. But I I mean, I think there's a key piece that you play in all of this, even though you're not quote unquote on payroll and you're not involved in the day-to-day stuff. So what do you feel like has been your role in our business. And I think of it as our business. I don't think of it as, you know, as so my I'm going to flip it on you. What do you think wow. my role? No, no, no. Listen, no, babe. Listen. listen. No, I'm I want to hear because you said you think I'm a key piece. And I think I would answer that differently. Okay. You go first <laughs> and then I'll give my thoughts. I think we've intentionally kind of separated me from the business. Like, like I said, originally, I think I was kind of your sounding board and we kind of made decisions together. But now I know very little about the day-to-day I know big like when you're doing new things or there's new ideas or big big changes but I think we've intentionally and I think that helps or forces you kind of to be able to check out back to that question 
of if we were both in this together, yeah, it would just it probably would be consuming. So I would say my place has been to not have a place. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think there's truth to that in that I think especially like early on with speaking, like one of the things we talked about was I hired someone early to help with like logistics and contracts and travel. And there's several speaker friends I knew that their spouse did that for them. And it, you know, it saved money. It was a way to involve the that person in the business. And I know we were intentional in not doing that. So what was the thought? Like, what was the thought not having you in that role? I think just just what I just said, to keep me as the, the wife, not the right. employee or the business partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we know people who they do yeah. work together. And I think we could probably work together fine. But at the same time, like, I like the division of you're my wife and not a not necessarily like an employee, employer type of situation or... And I think like we talk about business some and, and what the, what's going on in the business, but I don't, I don't feel like it's all consuming like in our conversation mm-hmm. of it's not like, because you don't have all the day-to-day context. So there's less for us to have to kind of dialogue on. So, yeah. so like right now, since you're just involved in kind of the, you know, the big picture and just kind of what we're up to, do you like that? Do you like how much I communicate to you on the business or what's going on? Do you wish I communicated more or less or what's your thought on No, I think you do good. I think you keep me in the know on what I need to know. And I'm pretty honest if you start talking about, I don't know, whatever that I don't understand. I'm just like, okay, that's that's great. (laughs) Go talk to whoever. Yes. (laughs) Is there somebody on your team that understands this? Do you need to go talk? (laughs) You you don't understand and you don't care, but that's okay. I do care. I care. But it's just that. Now, you can also tell. Like you, you know me as well, if not better than anybody. So you can tell like when I feel stress or I feel pressure or any of that stuff. I mean, typically related to the business. So what do you necessarily notice in me? But like, what do you do in those situations? <laughs> you want me to say what I notice? I don't know if that's good. <laughs> I don't know what you notice, but what do you do in those situations to, okay, he's clearly stressed about the business. What do you? I waited out a bit because I do know it's it's one of those seasons. Like I know you'll get stressed. If it gets to a point, I'll ask you about it, and usually you'll say nothing or blow it off. But is that just kind of how I respond to stress? Is I just shut down? Yeah, you do. You get real. But I don't feel like I get stressed that often. Like I feel like in a general as a general rule, I have a pretty low stress yeah. level. It has to be pretty pretty bad for you to get. <laughs> <laughs> to shut down on us. I have to go to a very dark place. Then I go to one of your friends and be like, dude, is he okay? <laughs> you have done that a few times. I have. I'm like, can you check on Grant? <laughs> one of my closest friends, Brian, you've messaged him and he'd check in. Hey, she wanted me to check on you. You good? I think you're good. But So, you know it's not necessarily good when your wife is going to one of your best friends and saying I'm going it. behind your back, but I know he... You will open up to him because you don't want you. You're protecting us. That's what you're doing, and so that's why you shut down. You just don't want me to worry. But then I'm worried that you're worried, and you're not telling me that you're worried. So it's a cycle. It is. And I think that's. I mean, I think that's very like. If I am stressed or worried about something, I tend to not. I tend to not want to involve you in it. Not necessarily because I don't think you could help, but I know you. Your human nature is that you naturally worry, and so, yes. Yes, that it that would and be correct. So I try to yeah, I try to keep that from you. So if there's something that 
you know, is stressing me out that I know that necessarily you can't necessarily do anything about or help with that I tend to, I'll bottle it up so you don't have to worry about it or think about it or experience it. This is true. I'm just doing this for you, babe. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Let's see here. I'm looking through some of the other questions that we've got. What, as the business has grown over the years, what do you feel like have been some of the challenges that you've seen either in me or in us that we've had to kind of go through and, and overcome as the business has evolved and changed over the years? I feel like just like, like you said, with the travel, there were really busy seasons and really slow seasons. And I think yeah. the first couple of years, you just didn't know that that was, we didn't, it hadn't been the routine for long enough to feel comfortable going through those. So like the really slow season seemed like really slow. Yeah. But then once you're used to that, you just kind of, you know, okay, we're going to kill it, you know, for three months and then we got to make that last for two or three months. So do you feel like at this very moment we're in a kill it season or in a smooth sailing season or what do you feel like we are? I don't know. That makes me nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say I don't want to jinx it. (laughs) It sounds like like a lot of the way that you view, you know, our marriage, our life, the business, all of that stuff has been very seasonal. Yeah. That there's there's just highs and lows. And if it's low, it's not always going to be low. And if it's high, it's not always going to be high. And it's yeah. just kind of, I think, I tend to view things a lot the same way. Like the highs don't get so high and the lows are, oh, that's fine. It'll be better soon. So it sounds like you tend to think about it the same way. Yeah. I'm always a, a season. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Uh, here's a question that came in on... How do you handle the work when someone's ideas about what they want change? For example, let's say that you're okay whenever I first started traveling all the time, but six months into it, you're like, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. So when, like, as our plans have evolved and changed over time, like if one of us changed our view or perspective on being okay with it and suddenly not being okay with it, how has, like, how have we handled that or navigated that? Well, thankfully, I don't think it has. Like, I don't think we've ever had a big... Like we've always been pretty much on the same page. Yeah. But I feel like we kind of always go into everything of we're going to try this. Like, I think you kind of need to have a trial period because there were a lot of weeks that, I mean, I could have thrown a fit and been like, nope, you're never getting on a plane again. We're not doing this. But I think I just knew. I'm glad you didn't. We have to, (laughs) we have to get through this and then you would be home for a while and even the first week or so home, I couldn't make a decision. Like if I had made a decision then, I still would have wanted you to stay home. But like, I think just you have to give yourself time to process. And by the time you were ready to leave again, I'm like, I can do this. And so I think it's just, I had to be fair to you and not just let my like self wallowing in the. the, Were there uh, times you, you didn't want me to speak anymore? I don't remember that specifically. I didn't mind you. I think maybe slowing down occasionally but only when i mean your your busiest seasons were when we had three kids you know newborn and two and four and so yeah i'm sure there were nights that i was like cursing the business and <laughs> at the same time like it you know it's it's that catch-22 or the double-edged sword of like that's how we made a living and yeah that's it provided us and still provides us a great life and provides us a lot of opportunities. But the trade-off is, you know, I was right. having to get on a plane all the time. But I had you home, too. Like, when you were home, you were home. Yeah. So I had to be fair and realize, like, yeah, I have three really hard days, but then you're home. Do you like days. the business better as it is today where I'm speaking less and I'm home more versus I was 
gone more before? Which do you prefer? I mean, again, we're at a different stage. Like now it would be... It's a different season. Yeah. Well, like you went away for a few days last week, week before. I don't know how long. I've lost track of time. But like it seemed really easy because they're all 12, 10, and 7. And I'm like, oh, there's no diapers. There's no... It just seemed... It was a totally different experience. So I think 50-50. I think like there could be a... So you're saying you want me to travel more? I'm saying if you did travel, like it would not kill me. So I went on a mastermind trip a week or two ago and I get back, you know, we're catching up. And one of the first things you say is like, that was really good. Do you have anywhere else you could go? Like immediately trying to get rid of me again. No, I just wanted you to know that we function when you're gone. I'm not dependent on you. And not, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like I can function when you're away. Yeah. And like... And I think it's because we did so many years of, like, I was trained to function in the hardest years. So now it's very doable for me. But I know for other people starting out, it can seem very hard. But yeah. I mean, it's just like everything. How have we navigated changes to the plan together? So let's say, for example, like, as I'm thinking through, okay, I'm doing a lot of speaking. Okay, now I don't want to do as much speaking and I want to shift the business this way. Is that something where if we're making like big shifts or big pivots, you know, personally and professionally that like, I was trying to think, is, is there ever been a time like we've been out of sync on any of that stuff? Like I think about professionally, like as the business has, has evolved and changed, but also even like personally, like, you know, for those that don't know, we lived in Missouri our entire lives. Most of our family's there about three and a half years ago or so at the time of this recording, we moved to Nashville. It was pretty much out of the blue that we moved here. But I, I remember we were both on the same page on that. So mm-hmm. Has there been a time like we've been significantly on different pages on something? I don't think so. Are we just the perfect couple? We're just so awesome. I mean, <laughs> really. No, I mean, I'm sure we've had disagreements, but I don't know. I just, I let you guide the business and my role is to support that. And if I see that it's taking you, like if you're getting in a bad place, I'll address it. But I don't think I really ever have to. I think you've done good about prioritizing. I think that's why you wanted to shift to more of the less travel work from home was just to make family priority and wish you did that at a good time. Like, yeah, you missed out on some of the baby stuff, you know, firsts and you actually made it back in town for our oldest to lose her first tooth. Do you remember that? I think you we, like you a... flew in and we picked you up at the airport and her tooth had been like hanging there. It was our very first loose tooth. We went to Subway for lunch and Subway. it fell yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there were things you missed when they were little, but they don't remember that. They'll remember the things you would miss now. Yeah. So I think we, we kind of did it in the right timing. I remember like if I was gone, like your joke was always whatever my return flight itinerary was was that was just kind of a, a placeholder. Like mm-hmm. I was always trying to get on an earlier flight. I was always trying to get home sooner. I mean, there's frequent times where I'd speak at night and then the next morning I was taking a, a 6 a.m. flight. It would have been a heck of a lot simpler for everybody to take a 10 a.m. flight and be able to sleep a little bit more. But I knew like I wanted to get home. I took red eyes numerous times to get home. I remember one time finishing a, a gig and driving something like seven or eight hours, like just hauling to get back for... Our oldest daughter had just started gymnastics. So getting back for a practice. 
not even like a meet or any like competitive thing. Like I was just hauling butt and I rolled in at the same time you guys were getting there just to get to a practice. Do you remember that? Kind of. Driving back from Kentucky, I think. But yeah. but yeah, like trying to, even if I was gone, like doing anything I could to get home just slightly quicker or planning schedule accordingly. I remember getting invited to speaking gigs that were on the girls' birthdays and just turning them down. So making sure like I wasn't away for those or missing those or, you know, those type of like important dates or key moments. Yeah. You were good about that. I try. And you always gave me veto power, like for in the early days, just I had the. Did you ever use it? I think I did a couple of times. So explain what, what we mean by that. So if you would get a booking request and it fell over something that I felt like you should be home for, then we would have a discussion and. I could veto you taking the gig in order to put family first. So I didn't use it. I mean, if I used it, it was once or twice, but like yeah, I never like abused I, it. I can't, yeah, I can't remember like a specific time where. Yeah. Because at the same time, like we were talking about, it's also, this is how we made money. A, yeah, yeah, this is how we made a living. And so you knew like if I was going to do a gig, I think you always thought of gigs as in like, oh, if he goes and does that gig then we can get that new couch we've been wanting. <laughs> or because the gig, some of it was extra things, extra gigs. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like if there was something you're like, I don't know if I'm going to take it. And I'm like, take it. And we can, you know, go on a trip table we want or <laughs> yeah. How do you break up the chores? What do you feel like on a day to day, week to week, month to month? What's your role? What's my role? So this is the only question you kind of gave me a like preview of. And yeah. I just... I don't feel like we've ever like talked about that. Do we have a dysfunction? I feel like we have a good ma- marriage, but do we have a dysfunctional one? No, we just do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it just became a flow when you were traveling. Like you just take out the dumpsters. You've just always done that. It's not like I asked you to. Because we would actually, I would take them out at a different time of day. You tend to set them out in the middle of the day before trash comes, yeah, this is, which had, annoys me. We've had a spat on this. And trash I, comes Monday morning. We come home from church. I'm outside. We come home from church at like noon the day before, and you want to put the nasty dumpsters out I'm ready. The street. I'm, let's do it. Let's get it over with. Check that <laughs> no, box. See, We're I done. would put them out in the evening or when we go to bed so that not everybody has to look at them all day. They all got to put theirs out too. I understand, but they don't put them out in the middle of the day. Well, they could. <laughs> it's more efficient. Man. I'm going to so send anyway, those out on Saturday. We need any therapists out there. We need help with this trash dumpster thing. But yeah, we just have naturally divided it up or we share it like, especially with the girls older now, like there's times you'll unload the dishwasher or I'll unload the dishwasher or the girls. Are, I mean, we don't, I don't feel like anybody has a specific written chore list. Here's two fun facts I can give about us. Number one is that you have me do my own laundry. Well, heck yeah. I've done that for years now. That was good for our marriage. That was one we did talk about. That is a good example. Because you would get mad at me because I'm kind of, especially when the girls were little, I was the wash it three times because it sits there for a couple of days. Like, and you were always frustrated that it was never done. How long ago was that? Did we make that change? It's been a while. Like I've done. Did you do it in the the Eastland house? Maybe. It's been at least like, seven or eight years yeah, probably it's been a while so <laughs> which has been good like because now you've you've taught the girls to do their own laundry yeah. too so, so we all five of us do our own laundry it's like heaven up in here <laughs> it's good 
That's a good. The other thing that a lot of people may not know is that the handyman of the family is not me at all. So any type of your dad is extremely handy. You were past that gene. I did not get that. I just have. I don't know that I was past that gene. I can call my dad and I will try it versus you're just like, uh, let's call someone to fix it. I call you. Or Sheila, try to fix it first. Yeah, like all of our friends, all of our neighbors know that if there's an issue, like don't call Grant, call Sheila because there's a much better likelihood that you're going to be able to like fix it or solve it or any of those things. When it comes to like what what I have to contribute, what what handyman (laughs) things would you say that I could do? I mean, you're super awesome at changing light bulbs. I can do that. You could totally. I do those. I do those. Totally do that. I'm trying to think what you've done. I mean, I was pretty impressed. You hung all the security cameras at the new house. I did. I put the security cameras up. That was the house. I mean, that took a you know a a drill. drill. I bought a drill. I did buy a drill. That was that was special. That was a big day. I mean. I've never seen you with a saw or... <laughs> I don't think I'd know what to do with it. I'd be too scared I'd cut my hand off. Yeah. But people know if they have a question, they go to you. This is true. I was trying to think what else here. So we also, we, we didn't mention this. I think we mentioned it on the previous episode. We homeschool the girls. I say we, you do that. Uh, I, half joking, half serious, say I'm the awkward PE teacher that tries to make out with the principal. Do you like that line? <laughs> I mean, I'm just used to it. <laughs> it's, it's your thing. So the homeschool stuff, uh, you carry most of the responsibility on that. I do most of our finances. Like I pay the bills. I pay attention yeah. to our investments and make sure. And you've sure always done that. Like yeah. from day one, you took over the, and I don't think that, I mean, I'm not a bad record. I mean, I'm really detailed. You're very so detailed I think person. I could keep track of the money but i think you just feel better doing that so i've just always let you i do our budget let i you keep do you up, up to date on all that stuff like on the um, big financial stuff like i keep like the day-to-day stuff i don't i just need you to enter your receipts and it is your, kind of funny though because a lot of our friends the wives handle that so they'll be talking about what their water bill was or what this bill was or what that bill was and i'm just like ours is paid because Grant does that. You think that. it's paid. <laughs> I hope it's paid. But yeah. But it's not that you keep it from me, but I just, I don't know. There's probably people who are like, whoa, you're too trusting. But I just know that that's your thing. You take care of that. I educate your children. You're trusting that I'm actually doing that. Like <laughs> we just that. trust each other enough that I don't know what the water bill is and I'm okay with that. And I don't know if our kids are learning, but I hope they are. <laughs> I just know if there's something off in the budget, you will tell me. Yeah. You're not afraid to be like, whoa, stay away from Target. Yes, do that. <laughs> okay, last question here. I'll ask this two ways. What do you like to do for fun? And then what do we like to do for fun together? I just like the beach. You do like the beach. I like to chill. You, like when we go on a beach vacation, you will get up before the sun to go claim the best chair by the pool or by the beach or the cabana or whatever. People that sleep in on vacation are missing out because I got the good chair. You do. You literally, (laughs) you're like, hey, tomorrow at 6 a.m. we're getting up to go grab those two two chairs. Like, no, we're not. We're on vacation. I'm sleeping in. But you are very, but you're also the type like, because I would go out for like an hour or two, be done for the day and be fine. And you are like, it's an all day commitment to you of 
I'm going out at 7 a.m. and I'm going to break for 10 minutes to grab lunch and then I'm going to be back by the pool and I'm going to be there until five minutes before dinner. Because I can relax. Like that's my happy place. That's I can relax and I can read book. I can sleep. I can whatever. Whereas you need to be doing something. So is that a bad thing? It's not for you. For me, like it stresses me out. It makes me tired and I'll lose my good chair if we leave to go can't have that do happen. whatever. So I have to stay. But do you no, feel like I'm just, just a, different. like that 15 year old boy who just likes to play and splash? And yeah, you're totally. That's why I think you like beach vacations with the girls better a little bit because you can go and because you won't you won't play with me in the pool. Because I won't splash and play in the pool. <laughs> you, you just you have to just lay there. Okay, what else do you like to do for fun when you're not at the beach? I like to read. I'm into like you are hardcore into fiction thriller. books and true crime podcasts. Yes, there's I'm a true crime listen, junkie. If I ever turn up missing. You better put her on top of the suspect list. No, I will. No, I won't be the suspect. I'll solve it. You could do that as long as you're not involved yeah. in the <laughs> the situation. <laughs> you you listen to a ton of true crime podcasts, and you're definitely into like thriller shows, thriller fiction books. Yeah, you're very I consumed like with those lately. Solve the the mystery. It she ruins movies. So like we we like going to movies together, and so if we're at a movie, we saw I don't remember what it was. We saw a movie a Is week that- ago or so. This Denzel movie. And halfway through the movie, she's like, yep, that's the bad guy. Like, no, he's not. He's the good guy. And then a couple minutes later, he turns. How do you do that? So that's a skill set I guess she has. Anything else you like to do for fun? What do we like to do for fun together? Well, you're picking on me, but you like like the documentary true crime shows. Like, we I didn't like to, say I didn't. Well, I know, but like... In Calm the, down especially with the accusation. In the, <laughs> especially in the winter. Like, we've... We will binge Netflix series of true crime mm-hmm. stuff. We just... This is true. We thrive on that. Anytime we find a new series, it's yeah. it's a commitment. All right, so we like documentaries. We like going to the movies. Yeah. There, there hasn't been much out lately. That's mm-hmm. good at the time of this recording. We saw a lot of good previews, though, this last We did. Week. We got a little excited. Because <laughs> a lot of times we see preview. They have like five or six previews. And we're like, these are all stupid. We're not going to go watch any of those. But this past time, there's like three or four. They're like, okay, all right. That could be good. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Let's see. What else do we like to do together? What do we do on date nights? Mexican food. We love Mexican food. Oh, man. I want Mexican food. She's on this diet kick right now. and It's not a diet kick. It was a doctor-ordered diet. That's sir. my bad. That's my bad. But <laughs> I'm not a we, dieter, but like... We love tacos, and oh. now she can't have them. Is this temporary? When is this over? 30 days. 30 days? So we're seven down. Yay. I'm gonna have to sneak out and get some tacos you for myself. You can totally have tacos. Ah, I love tacos. Just don't eat them in front of me. We love tacos. Uh, we love fajitas. We love chips and salsa. This girl can put away chips and salsa like nobody's business. I can. You're not even gonna dispute that. Oh, nope. You're very particular on your chips and salsa, though. I am thick chips. Thick chips. Thin, juicy salsa. We disagree on the salsa. Yeah. I like thick chips, thick salsa, meaty. No. Yeah, like I don't want to be dipping it in juice. I don't mind if it's thick salsa, if it's like kind of mushed up. I don't like big chunks of I like tomato and onion. And yeah. I like it more slushy. Yeah. No, no, no. That's gross. <laughs> it's like water. I don't want watery to dip my chips in. Tomato juice water. That's gross. <laughs> what else for fun? Do anything else for fun we like to do? Mm-hmm. Family golf cart rides. Family golf cart rides. We like to do that. We just 
got a golf cart recently. We just drive around the neighborhood and just do laps. It's so silly. That's fun. It's so silly. Yeah. But we're teaching our girls to drive. They are. They're getting They're really good. good little our oldest is getting really good at driving, actually. So that's a little nice little byproduct. Mm-hmm. Any other final words of wisdom, my dear? I don't think so. You're just giving me these flirty eyes. Like you're trying to make out with me or something. And I'm just like, honey, we're trying to record a podcast right now. Please. I'm just over here in my comfy chair. She is. Listen, you've done a great job. (laughs) And I know how uncomfortable you are with all of this. But you did good. I'm good. We've done this before. We have done this before. Would you come back a third time? I don't know if there's anything else to know about us. What else do you want to know about us, people? I know. Let us know. So if you have other questions that you would like to hear us discuss, let us know. You can submit your questions. We could have the girls on. Miley would be really entertaining. (laughs) She would. Well, we've talked about it before because like when I'm doing like a webinar or something, they're like, hey, can I come say hi? I was like, you can totally come say hi. And then they back out. Yeah. They get. They talk a big game. There's no way Emily would. Sydney might. Yeah. Miley, our youngest. I just don't know what would come out of Miley's mouth. Like. I don't edit these. (laughs) And so we'd have to leave it in. (laughs) We say that like she'd say something inappropriate. No, not dirty. Just. You just you just don't know. Like she's just crazy. All right. Thank you for coming back. You're welcome. I love you, dear. Love you. Thanks for being a part of the business and (laughs) for whatever it is that we do together and trying to make a little business, make a little life. Thanks for having the business for us. We love you. Just trying to make a little living here. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with my wife. She's wonderful. She's the best. She's the best. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, take, took a little bit of, of uh, arm twisting to get her to do that because she's, I, I enjoy speaking. I don't mind being on the mic like this, but uh, she is not so much a fan of that. So she's a little little quieter, a little more shy, but uh, she's uh, she's awesome. She's the best. So, hey, also wanted to remind you, if you haven't already, we do have a free Facebook group that if you haven't hopped in, you definitely want to check that out. You can do that by going over to thespeakerlabgroup.com, thespeakerlabgroup.com. Make sure you check that out. Again, totally free group that we'd love for you to be a part of. And uh, so again, you can check that out by going over to thespeakerlabgroup.com. Over 10,000 speakers that are already in there. So make sure uh, you stop by and check that out. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Awesome.